everybody, and this is the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, remembering that I have to hit a button so you can hear me talk. Uh, <laughs> with me this week are my two fantabulous co-hosts, uh, Liz Harper and Joe Perez, and we're going to talk about various things. Um, first thing we're going to talk about, actually, is uh, Season of Discovery is in two days. Uh, if you are talking about, you know, WoW Classic Season of Discovery, if you've been interested in it or thinking, it's, it's in two days as we're recording this. It will right. likely be live when you hear this, if you're not listening to us live. Specifically, it launches on a Thursday, November 30th, and that's at 1 p.m. Pacific. It's a global launch, so wherever you are, 1 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, so if, for instance, if you happen to be on the East Coast of the United States, that will be like three, I believe, because it's one, then two, then three. Yeah, no, no, be four. 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 Yeah, yeah four, four East Coast. So yeah, um, I think that's really interesting. We, we we've don't, like... There's still a lot of stuff in the season of discovery we don't know about yet because mm-hmm. it's got to be discovered. Um, although they have done some testing with it and people have played they, in the testing. Yeah, it's oh. like they did testing, but they kept a lot of stuff like yeah. locked. So there's been some data mining. We know what different abilities the classes are getting, but we don't, you know, there's a lot of details we don't know. We don't know where you're going to find any of these things. Yeah, so, you, just, you have to just wander around looking. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, you, uh, you wait a week, and some maniac will have done everything and found it all. Uh, uh, so yeah. this is a, that's a that's a question. Like, did they commit that this is stuff that's going to be uh, static once it's found? It's found, or is it going to be like? Is it going to periodically move? Have they mentioned anything like that? See that? I don't know. I've heard nothing about them saying anything would periodically move. Um, if it did, that would be very interesting in terms of that's something Starfield does. They it, would, like hmm. every time you you go into a new game plus situation, every the thing location of all around. the stuff, yeah, the location mm-hmm. of things that you're supposed to find have moved. Yeah, a lot of there are a lot of games that do that. Then uh, I know that's something that um, even going for MMOs, City of Heroes used to do that. Like with their instance dungeons, nothing was ever exactly the same. Um, so I'm kind of curious uh, if that's what the case is with that. So I, I, don't know. I think it'd be rad. It would be, but we just we have no idea. Um, I do think it is. Season of Discovery is one of those ideas that I have been fascinated with since we saw it in BlizzCon. Um, it's the first time WoW Classic has ever tempted me to download WoW Classic. <laughs> like I, I, I have downloaded it in the past, played with it for a couple hours, logged off, undownloaded it, and went about my life. Uh, hmm. but this is the first time I've actually thought maybe I want to play this. Maybe this is something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, yeah. go ahead. Let's start. Like the really interesting thing about season of discovery is that you can unlock all of these new class abilities. You discover these runes out and around the world that give you totally new class abilities. And yeah, some of them will be kind of familiar from modern. Wow. But some of them are just, weird stuff like mage healing mage healing who came up with this crazy idea and some of them are just ideas that came later like uh, warlocks get metamorphosis you know metamorphosis that really cool ability which they no longer have yeah well i mean they don't have it now so at least it's a new thing for them (laughs) if you if you started playing uh, it's a new old thing if you proceed it's new to you <laughs> so it's just it it feels like it could shake things up in interesting ways. I I'm gonna play it and I have not I've played classic a little bit, but not seriously. So I'm I'm very interested in how this feels. 
Yeah. Um, and also, like, other stuff. Like, I'm going to give people a quick rundown of stuff. Um, yeah. With the season of Discovery, basically, it, it, I think max level is level 35. And 25. 25. My bad. And, and they're going to... Yeah. Sorry. No. no. But they're going to release it in level tiers. So this mm-hmm. is, like, the first the first phase. And you're, you're going to actually have raids to go, like, places. Like, uh, I think... They, did they mention Maradon? I forget which no, one they just, said was the raid. B- Black Fathom Deeps. Black Fathom Deeps, which makes sense if you, if twenty five is your max level. Maradon, I think, is closer to forty. So yeah, that's that's just fun, in my opinion. It's like it's like taking the the world of Warcraft and like taking the levels and stuff and turning them into like mini expansions. Like yeah. after you get to level twenty five and that's that's your max level for a while and you do stuff, then the first expansion, which is really just more WoW, shows up, and, and I think that's a really kind of cool. Uh, it's an interesting way to look at it. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested in seeing it. Um, also coming up this week, however, uh, I think around the same time, actually, um, the 30th, I think it is the 30th, there's a Diablo 4 campfire chat coming. Uh, yeah, it's Thursday, it's, so it's, it's, it's also it's the Thursday. 30th. And, and, but it's, it's at 11 a.m., so you can watch the campfire chat and then safely go play Season of Discovery if you if you wanted to. Yeah, and they're talking about the uh, Abattoir of Zir, which is starting next week, and the the um oh, Midwinter Blight. Blight. Midwinter Blight, yeah, which is the the Christmas event, not Christmas, but you know the the winter <laughs> event they're doing. Uh, as I've described it before, the Bedazzled with Skulls event, and um, I, I'm interested to see what they talk about. Uh, there's going to be some QRL changes, quality of life. Um, yeah, who knows? I, I don't know what those are going to be. But, you know, yay. Um, I'm glad for quality of life changes. Liz put here in her notes, so I'm going to mention it. And <laughs> and also make poor Joe Shelley speak in front of people again. Um, quite frankly, watching Joe Shelley attempt to talk to people on these things is one of my favorite things in the world. Because he's not smooth. He's not like a, a glib, fast talker. And I like that. I like that he's just the guy who works in development on a video game. And he's talking to you and it's not necessarily the thing he's comfortable doing. I think we can all relate to that, quite frankly, having to talk to people and not necessarily being good at it, says yeah, the guy I don't, who talks on a podcast. I really, I don't want to make fun of Joe Shelley. There's something in front of him. He, I think straight yeah, up, no, I, you know. I just want to, you know, I just want to really stress that. I mean, he always has interesting things to say. He's clearly very devoted to the game. It's just he always looks so uncomfortable on camera, and I feel I feel kind of bad for him. Yeah, I, I and I think, like I said, I think it's very approachable, and it's something that's nice to see. It's true. You know, sometimes it's, it's nice to be reminded these are just people, you know? It's, it's a one-of-us thing. Yeah. But um, I, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, the game I'm streaming today is Diablo 4, because if I attempted to stream WoW, apparently I didn't up- download an update at some point, because it was, like, freaking out trying to update itself. So I went with Diablo 4 instead. Um Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But we should talk about World of Warcraft because one of the things going on in World of Warcraft is... Uh, Amir Drasil, the world first has been has has happened. We have we've got a winner. It's Echo. Um, I didn't know that when I wrote. I started writing a thing saying, "Hey, no one's <laughs> no one has beaten Amir Drasil yet." And then I found out, oh no, someone has. Echo did it. Um, I don't know. I wasn't. I was kind of expecting Team Liquid. I'll, I won't lie. I was expecting Team Liquid, but it's Echo. Um, I, I mean, Liquid and I Echo. Just, you know. Liquid and Echo are both such really good, really professional teams. And it kind of always comes down to one of them or the other. It's or sometimes methods in there, but yeah. I mean, method method is. Um, I'm not sure if they've gotten the kill though, but method was in third place, so they're they're up there. Yeah, and, and I think either one uh, could have taken it. It's you know, look yeah. at Echo. Uh, as as of tonight, uh, method has gotten Firek down to ten percent, so they're they're still working for that world third. Okay. Uh, also, um, one of the things I noticed was, uh, when I was finding out that Echo had actually beaten it was that they've also completed the first, uh, Furlath, the dream render legendary axe. Uh, that's so. wild to me. Cause that, that quest line to complete that is massive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But keep in mind that they've been doing, um, they were doing those heroic splits for a long time and then they've been do- working on, on mythic pretty steadily since it became available. I'm not. I, I am not surprised that they got the axe, but you're right in that it is it is a, a, bo- a mind-boggling amount of work that I don't know if having a lot of people help you could necessarily boost you through it any faster. Like, can you sh- can you funnel shards to people? I don't know. Like I legitimately don't know. That's but- that, that's the thing I didn't know either, and I still don't. But I mean, that would be if if they can funnel shards, then it's easier to complete it. Just because you can, you can basically just throw all the shards at this person. You know, we know this person's going to get it. I, I don't know. It is, it is wild to think about. Yeah, it's just so but many yeah. different pieces. And it uses so many different pieces of uh, the uh, crafting, uh, so professions, mm-hmm. which I think is wild. Like we, I mean, maybe we stop and talk about that for a second, not to take away from the world first kill or anything like that, because you know, no, go ahead, man. Congrats. Uh, but I mean. What, what I mean, I'm looking at this. It involves leatherworking, getting this specific uh, pattern from that, which is the what is it? The symbiotic glow spore grip, uh, making sure that that's you know there, so you can have you know hold on to your fiery axe. Requires enchanting to get a specific vellum. Uh, it requires inscription to get a specific rune, uh, and you have to fight like the echo of Firak. It is there is some like really long, complicated stuff to get this done. These are not like you're done immediately as soon as you're, you know, you can just go to anybody and get these things crafted. Um, they take a certain amount of shadow flame essences. 
they take specific like you know you have to, the runes feed into other things and i'm just looking at the sheer number of things that you have to grab like you know a hundred awakened earth doesn't sound like a lot uh but it, it can be uh at least it's expensive awakened order i don't know about other servers like wait awakened order on ours is going for like 500 a pop like is wild and the prices for materials have spiked, haven't they? I think because they have on the auction house. Yeah, Specific, yeah. Specifically because of this. So, like, yeah. e- e- you know, and there, there's a the, the really great point. Like, is there, there's a trickle effect of, well, these things that you need for literally everything else that you're going to try to make mm-hmm. are also mm-hmm. needed for the legendary, which is good and bad because now it's just going to cost everybody infinitely more to craft, like, gems. Like, I resocketed a whole bunch of my stuff over the the weekend and I must have spent like I don't know five six eight times as much as I normally did and it keeps going up mm. so it's it's fascinating it's a it's a it's an interesting choice uh, hmm. I I mean you know, Blizzard makes these choices that have these trickle down effects but you, like can they make choices that wouldn't have some kind of trickle down effect any kind of new crafting recipe is going to make the components more in demand. So do, do well, you just say, okay. Didn't they do the hmm. thing with the, the legendary for the evokers where evokers gave the buff to a, a crafter or a profession for an X amount of time? Like it was like a half hour and then they could do that pattern. But in, and those patterns were required to be done with, things that dropped specifically for those patterns. So like hmm. they had, they had something in place that I thought would have been like really interesting to continue on. Cause like the evoker legendary, it wasn't an immediate craft cause you still had to go get things. And we, we did this with our, our evokers. Um, but the items that oh, you I have were, a question. you were you using, talk with that? go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm just curious. Are your evokers still using that legendary? I believe so. Do you think they'll be using it through the raid, the new raid, Amirasil, or will there be stuff that you, they will finally replace it with? I don't see a reason that they would replace it, but I don't know enough about evokers to to judge that. I would imagine that they'll they'll continue to use it, um, probably until the okay. end of the until the end of the tier of raid because it it's a huge buff. Oh, I'm, I was just curious. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just surprised that they didn't do the same thing with the materials that they did with that, where it's like specific hmm. drops from raids, and then you teach. Uh, or or from a quest or a scenario or whatever the case, because there are quests and scenarios involved in this, and then you have X amount of time to do it, but instead using everyday materials, it, it was definitely a choice. Yeah, but at any rate, uh, they've they've done it. They've made themselves one of those, and they've also beaten the raid on, on Mythic, which is probably the thing most people were, were interested in, but I was the one who was like, <laughs> oh my god, they made the axe! Uh, I'm uh, not I mean, I'm, that, that does seem super fast. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not going to be seeing that axe mm. this expansion at least, and probably never, uh, just because of the way I play the game nowadays. But I still thought it was cool. Um, uh, also, since we talked a little bit about WoW Classic earlier, we talked about the season of, Di- of uh, Discovery in just Classic era WoW Classic servers. Um, they're removing DK. Uh, I say DK like that, not Decay. I should have said Decay. Sorry, I've been playing World of Warcraft for a very long time. Um, they're moving decay from honor PvP. In other words, the the honor decay that hap- the honor decay that happens. I keep saying decay. The honor decay that happens as a weeks pass. Like if you have a bunch of honor, the next week you'll have less. That sort of thing. That's going away. They are taking it out. 
there's a post on the forums explaining their reasoning and how they're working on doing it. It's it's a very it's a measured response. I will say that for it. Uh, I was looking at it the other day, and there's just not going to have it. They're 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 just not going to have it, and it's gonna it's gonna be there. There's still going to be the penalties from earning dishonor. Uh, if you if you get dishonorable kills, that's going to be the only way a player can lose rank progression in uh, WoW Classics uh, Classic Era servers. Now, it's also going to be the case in Season of Discovery. When Season of Discovery goes live, this will be the way Honor works after the first week because it's happening on December fifth. That's when they're resetting uh, the maintenance. It's scheduled weekly maintenance. Mm-hmm. So, weirdly enough, for about five days. Um, six days really just just seasons of discovery you're going to have the old system where where honor decays but no one will have gained honor yet because they're they're all starting new level one characters right uh but then when next week's rollover happens their honor that they got won't decay even though they will have had the old system there would have been nobody to have honor up front for that honor to decay so it effectively is the same as if they're just removing it from season of discovery entirely uh, this has been a long-winded way of me saying that it's interesting to see how these things interact with, with resets and server resets and so forth. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any really, like strong feeling on this one. Like it doesn't. I don't think decay really bothered me in PvP, but I like. I'll be upfront. I haven't really seriously PvP'd in like four expansions, mm. uh, and I certainly haven't been doing it in WoW Classic, uh, where where I do remember decay though back in the day, and I can't stop saying it that way. Darn it. But I do remember it because it used to, I, I had a friend that I, a friend of mine and I got to Grand Marshal, but we did it, and I'll just be up front, we did it by one of us playing while the other one was sleeping. Yep. Uh, yep. That friend was actually now my wife, so uh, I shouldn't just say a friend. Uh, but regardless, you know, that's how we did it. You know, we, 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 we like, you know, one person played the account until they, they couldn't stay awake anymore, and then the other one would tag in and so forth, and then uh, I didn't do it for my character, which in in retrospect was a mistake. Uh, but you know, she got she got. I think she had Grand Marshal for a while there. Um, she might have only gotten like to the rank just below Grand Marshal, and then we both realized we couldn't live like this. Uh, you really required like three or four people to do this. Uh, I'll be upfront with you. But the honor decay was a real problem with that. Uh, it was one of the reasons that people did it because the decay would just push you down mm. before you could even get anywhere. So yeah, I, I think it's a good move. I'm just, it's weird. I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it's such a, such a strange beast balancing the honor system that we got in like 2004, 2005 mm-hmm. with the needs of people playing the game in 2023, 2024. Well, the game's going to be 20 next year at around this time. And it's a different group of people playing it. It's not, I'm not surprised to see it change, but I am interested to see how they change. Uh, what do you guys think? I wish I mean it's- I wish decay never existed in the first place. It would have made my grind to <laughs> Grand Marshal uh, way back when a whole lot easier. That that's my only thoughts on it. So get on the people yeah. that are doing it now because you don't have to suffer. Sorry, Liz. I mean, it's just interesting to see the path WoW Classic has taken from no changes to some changes to you know recognizing that even if it's the same game, it's not the same game. You can't go back. 19 years ago and have the exact same experience of playing vanilla wow for the first time i mean wow classic gives you that in a way but it also can't possibly give you that you cannot turn back the clock you can play something similar 
But, you know, we're different people. We have different game wants and needs now. So, mm-hmm. you know, they've gradually been adding in a variety of quality of life exper- uh, additions while also trying to maintain what makes classic feel like classic. Which is, I mean, that's the question. What what makes classic feel like classic? What what is the essence of this? And they're trying to they're trying to maintain this weird essence of something that doesn't exist and can't exist. Uh, I I just think it's fascinating watching how classic has developed over time. Yeah. And at, going into season of discovery this week, that's kind of the biggest set of changes. Wow has Wow classic has ever made, J- shaking up. Uh, dungeons shaking up classes. Yeah, I, I realize I'm the, not you know, specifically the th- the fact that you will be able to change the way your class works. Yeah, on a fundamental level, that is something. Even even vanilla World of Warcraft didn't didn't do that. There was never any point where that happened. So yeah, it is fascinating to watch it all develop. Um, okay, uh, I should mention this really fast, just for people who are currently playing Dragonflight. Um, the revival catalyst is now up to its second charge. So yay, you can get two of them now. Yep. I think that's good. It, you know, help you get more stuff. And I used mine about approximately f- 10 minutes after I logged into the game today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so people, people who aren't me enjoy that because, uh, yay. There's, I haven't been playing. Wow. Because there's a Mac bug that, uh, I can't play. Wow. Right now. It's super fun. We, we need to, we need build. to, we need to fix this, Liz. We need to leave. <laughs> I'm trying to fix this. I've gone through every troubleshooting step. I'm just sending you a computer. Like I'm just sending you a computer. We're just, we're just going to, this is going to be a thing that happens. I was going to like show up at your house with a computer. (laughs) How'd you find me? (laughs) There's, there's currently a bug with Intel Max running macOS Sonoma, which is the latest version of macOS. It has existed since the 10.2 PTR. It has never gone away. And, uh, I, I, kind of despairing of anyone fixing it at this point because it was first reported in early October and I'm like I just want to play the game and not watch my guild clear all of the new raid from afar. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Liz. So I, yeah, I I'm rough. I I'm at the point where the next troubleshooting step is reformatting my computer to install the last version of the OS and that is my level of despair at this point. Yeah. I just realized yeah. that sounded an awful lot like uh the guy from Avatar who says, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> and that's like, I did mean it, but it sounded very Zuko, <laughs> Prince Zuko. It sounded like Prince mm. Zuko. Avatar's mm. good. Uh, anyway, um, now that we've, we've depressed Liz, uh, <sighs> Overwatch 2 Season 5 is December 5th as well, uh, next mm-hmm. week. Um, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, you get to play <laughs> the new character, Mauga. Um, you get to shoot people with two guns. I, I that's just, this all sounds nice to me. I don't play a lot of Overwatch, so that's about my entire limit of knowledge. So, Joe, anything you can want to throw at me here? I, I honestly have not been paying attention to the Overwatch season uh, because I've been busy with real life. But I am excited for the fact that the new season is going to start because I need to try Minigun Man. Uh, <laughs> like I am, it's Maui with guns and I just, I, I, yeah, I need it. Uh, I just love the fact that he's got two. I also love he's the fact that he's two. a tank. He's a tank. He's a tank, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in this as well. Um, and it's going to be on December 5th, which is very, very good. 
Uh, so if you have your battle pass active, uh, you can go ahead and uh, try to finish up because yeah, season season seven's not not much longer for this world. Well, it's season five coming, isn't it? Season no, eight. season eight. Yeah, season eight. Wow. Brain. Yeah, yeah. N- n- numbers brain wouldn't work. Ah, brain and brain. What is brain? <laughs> yeah, that's a deep cut for anybody it's, who recognizes yeah. that reference. I mean, I I recognize that reference. You can make Star Trek references all day. I. I miss a lot of the references you and Joe make about comic books and things. Yeah, I'm uh, the Star Trek ones. I got you. Star Trek? Hit me. Hit me with that. But um, speaking of hitting, I think, what do we got last to mention here? <laughs> no, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. Okay, I, I guess we're actually going to move down to doing some emails. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Yay for us, doing some emails. We got a, actually a very interesting chain of comments and discussion that I that I plucked. Uh, because people were talking about stuff coming in the next uh, expansion, the War Within. Basically, from what I'm gathering from it, uh, they're they're currently testing on the PTR the ability to just fill your party with NPCs. Uh, yeah, that's a feature of 10.2.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so it's it's currently on the PTR. It's I said it's the War Within, but obviously 10.2.5 is still Dragonflight. Uh, yeah. But what this will basically allow you to do is solo queue for a dungeon and just get NPC characters to to fill the other slots. Like if you're there as a healer, you can get a tank and three DPS just NPCs. Um, I don't know if it'll work in terms of you know if you have four people in the queue and you can't get a fifth. If you can just get one NPC, I don't. I did anyone yeah, know? That's yeah, possible? it's yes. Okay. I mean, it's it's just it'll it'll fill out your party. Um, I assume there is, uh, you know, this is an option, not necessarily a given. And also it's limited as to what you can use it with. It only works for normal yes. Dragonflight dungeons. Yep. That's it. So not so, even heroic not yet. No, no. Um, and they haven't talked about whether they're going to expand this to other levels. But I, I think mostly. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I, think, I think mostly this is going to be useful for, you know, People who just want to get out there and do quests and see the dungeons. Because sometimes, like, if you logged on to Dragonflight right now and queued for a normal difficulty dungeon, we're pretty late in the expansion cycle. Anyone running a normal dungeon is speed running it like a maniac and just dragging you along. <laughs> so, yeah. and, like, if you actually want to see a dungeon... It is very difficult to do that. And people start doing that pretty early in the expansion. They just want to get in there and finish the dungeon and get out. And you, you know, that can be very difficult for a player who's new, a player who's just coming back to the game, a player who's trying to finish a quest because maybe you run right by quest items because we're all in a hurry to finish the dungeon. Yeah. And I think part of the problem was, too, is that a lot of times there's quests to go to these dungeons as part of the leveling experience. Mm -hmm. Dragonflight did that quite a bit. And you yes. basically have to go, and if you are leveling through, you have to go to that dungeon, or you're basically the zone story just feels weird and incomplete. And I, I did all of them, and I liked doing quite a few of them, but at the same time, there was the one that you, um, I, I, I can't remember the name of the the centaurs that have their big, it's like a big open air dungeon. Oh yeah, they're not they're not an offensive. Thank you, Nakuda Fences, yeah. Nakuda Fences was one, the one that I did, and I never wanted to do it again. <laughs> Not because it was poorly designed, because the group I had had me to the point where I had to like 
very, I had to like, when I got done with the dungeon, I had to, to stand up and walk away and just like, imagine a Sarah McLaughlin song playing in the background <laughs> as I stare fixedly at a mirror going, what, where did we go wrong? Why did, why did that happen? Why was that dungeon like that? It was just, you know, I will remember you and staring at myself going, I can't believe that was like that. Just, 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 just a, just a complete combination of all the stuff Liz was talking about in one go. Uh, but anyway, the first, uh, I want to say question, but it's not really a question. It's sort of more of a statement, but whatever. Uh, Azure Lane um, says, if I am understanding the roadmap correctly, a day will come when I queue alone for a level appropriate dungeon and the remaining roles will be populated by AI NPCs. If that's the case, I wonder how long before those AI NPCs become my own alts controlled by AI. Great use of a warband? Uh, none of that messy multi-box business? Hmm. Uh, so I wanted to see, like, uh, Joe, Liz, whichever one of you has, an, has a response to that before we move on. Come on, one of you. I don't have a response. Liz? <laughs> I mean, I think that would be a really cool thematic thing. But also, it it seems so unimportant Beyond, yeah. to the feature. You know, it's such, you know, it could just be, you know, a skin. You know, that's all it has to be is a skin for your alts. Or you, you load in these... Uh, you just load in your character models and you have to pick characters of the right, you know, the the class composition you need. And maybe you still have to fill in some random NPCs. I mean, it's a cool fantasy. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much it would really take to add that on top of what they already have for warbands coming in the war with end. Uh, I, I think it's neat. It's a neat idea. I don't know if it's going to happen. Blizzard hasn't talked about it happening. But it is a neat idea, and it would be really cool to have this feeling of you and all of your alts are there on an adventure through a dungeon together. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with pretty much everything you've said. I also, I think maybe the reason Joe doesn't have anything to say about it is because literally he doesn't, he knows there will never be a dungeon of five shamans. Nah. And and I kind of get you because there's no healing spec for warriors, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they did, maybe they'll do that in WoW Classic uh, Season of Discovery. Maybe we'll get like the warrior healing spec I always wanted, <laughs> the yelling spec. Uh, but regardless, I, I, the reason I, I wanted to respond to this was mostly because of what Flan had to say here, which is, firstly, I would hate to see an AI of my paladin being a better tank than I am. <laughs> and I felt that in my bones. Like, oh, God, I do not want to watch some Titan's Grip Fury Warrior AI yeah. doing monstrous damage that I don't know how to do in real life. Yeah, I guess I guess that the 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 comments I'm sitting thinking about it, uh, and sorry, I was a little bit distracted by something else that popped up during the time that we were recording here. Um, I'm I'm torn between liking and not liking this. I hope that the AI stuff stays to normals, if that makes sense. Hmm. Because and and I'm saying this as I can, my brain started spiraling, and I started spiraling with. I have a very hard time with certain specs getting into groups like hmm. my survival hunter right now, which does a good chunk of DPS. Like I'm, I'm not bad on my survival hunter, but getting into a group is very difficult. Uh, and I don't know if it's, uh, and it's not eye level because my, my hunter is maybe 10 eye levels lower than my main at this point. Um, so she's, she's got some, some chops and she can, she can throw a mean javelin, but it's one of those things where like, I'll sign up for groups and then I'll get passed over because they don't want to invite a melee hunter 
And I'm mm. curious if this option starts expanding past queuing, if what kind of impact that would have on it. Now, I, I'm hopeful that the devs are, are cognizant of, you know, keeping an eye on stuff like this and, and making sure that it doesn't affect the social aspect of gameplay. But I could honestly see like, oh, we need a, a fifth person for this, this, you know, mythic zero. Uh, well, all I see are, you know, well, survival hunters. Well, we don't want one of those. Uh, just use an AI. It's fine. Let's go. And then they just go. I'm not saying that it'll ever get to that point, but, you know, I'm just hoping that they're being cognizant of it. I, I feel of like. Course. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, some of this is also going to depend on how good are these AIs. Because when I think about WoW doing AI NPCs partying with you, I think about artifact quests in Legion for healers in which you had a party it, of idiots. Yeah. The most terrible players ever. Well, so the there's this... terrible AI players ever. There's this thing that League of Legends has been doing for a very long time where... Mm -hmm. Uh, if you are in a, a regular game, a Summoner's Rift game, and a player disconnects and they're gone, gone, they cannot come back, Yeah, the character, the hero, will respond to the complicated ping system that they have in the game, where you can tell it, retreat, attack, what to do, where to go, and it's smart enough to know when to, like, alt and interact and run away, generally. Um, it's... Not the most complicated thing, but I also happen to know the people the people that work on the AI there, and they've been doing this for a while. What has WoW recently introduced in this expansion? A complicated series of pings that hmm. you can communicate a lot of information very, very quickly without having to have voice chat, without having to type anything out. Literally, you do the different type of ping, whether it's look over here, you can tell things to defend, you can tell things to attack, you can tell things to, uh, or people to retreat. You have all the basic commands that are in there. If they make the AI, AI capable of responding to that, you can direct traffic with that AI potentially and tell it what to do. And I have a feeling that that's the intention for it. And that may be part of the intention of why, not just for player communication, but why developing the ping system and, and making it more robust in the game, why that was so important. Because you can literally ping specific areas uh, in a floor. You can, like when we're explaining boss fights, and I'm sorry, Liz, uh, you can literally <laughs> ping and show like exactly here and it will show the ping will go exactly where you want it to go. Uh, and it will show for other players like that. And it'll give you the idea of uh, depth and, and, and everything you need that maybe sometimes you have a hard time communicating. So if they make it that it's able to reply, like respond to that and interact with that, 
you're not maybe having a band of idiots. You just have to sort of direct traffic yourself a little bit. Mm. Right. Yeah. I, we just don't know how smart will these AIs be. And, you know, maybe normal dungeons is kind of the limit of it. Maybe normal heroic dungeons, that yeah. kind of difficulty is going to be the limit of it. Maybe you wouldn't want one of these higher levels. Yeah, like Grand, yeah. Grand, Grand, Grand Your Mythic Plus group where they're, they're all going slow and steady. Because I've seen people talk about what their experiences have been with another PTR. And one of the things that I came up a lot was that they don't rush. And there's like, it's a it's basically a slow and steady experience. They just pull go pull right go. well that's and, and again that's fine for a normal dungeon but that's now that's not where i'm talking about like yeah. evolution there and of it right yeah we don't know we have no idea but i'm just saying for right now you definitely don't want them to push it to, to mythic when it is not set up to handle yeah. the stresses of mythic mm. and i will say and that plus with mythic if you if you if someone dies in mythic like i don't know how to put it it's like you can really completely mess up your run very easily oh yeah uh and so it, it depends on how it goes, and it depends on how it goes in the future. We know that AI is more sophisticated now than it's been oh, yeah. you know, in the past, and it will probably continue to grow more sophisticated. Uh, and if you're listening, computer overlords, I'm not putting any aspersions onto your wild playing <laughs> abilities. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, we'll see how it develops as time uh, progresses. Yeah, no, uh, Grand Nagus in chat uh, has said that the Final Fantasy XIV trust and duty support is a thing, and it works for what it's supposed to do. Help a solo mm-hmm. player through MSQ dungeons, no more, no less. Um, which, that's a fine use of it, in my opinion. Like, that's that's perfectly okay. I think that that's ideal. So, yeah, I'm excited at the idea that I will no longer be forced to uh, spend a lot of time waiting to get a queue going to just finish a quest because mm-hmm. that quest is in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. The, like really a lot of the dungeons in Dragonflight had that where you had a quest to go to the dungeon and sometimes it went great and sometimes it went badly, but it was like, I'm a hostage to this. I can't really progress in this storyline until I do this. I mean, I can, at least in, in most cases, like I, I could still do the storyline without going to Nakud, but there's that really weird feeling of, okay, the, it doesn't get completed. You know, I, I can't kill the dude because you kill him in Nakud and that's where he is. And I, 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 can't, I just had three really bad groups and now I'm going to go again until I get this guy. And it's just one of those things. I, I hope that it helps for people who are just trying to get through these quests. Agreed. But um, so the next question is also kind of a response to all this discussion. Um, and it is from Zool, Mr. Blindside. And he asks... Um, it actually was a cute question for the cube and I grabbed it. I do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> when does an MMO become a single player game? What is the line it has to cross? Um, I'm going to say Liz. Uh, I actually answered this in the queue and I'm going to repeat myself. This is such an easy question. Yeah, I already no, thought no. of it. Um, an MMO is never a single player game. Even if you can play the whole thing on your own, even if you can do all the quests on your own, even if you can skip any group quests, even if you don't need to go into the raid, it's still a multiplayer game. It's a part of the essence of an MMO is this massive world where you can meet other players, where you can play with other players. It's not necess- It does not have to force you to play with other players to be an MMO. So I think we're looking at these changes in WoW and thinking, does this remove the MMO element? Does this make the game less social? Does this make the game less than it was? And I think, no, it's always going to be an MMO. There's always going to be a social element. But this takes that step and says, okay, the social element is there if you want it. 
And, you know, I've been there. I don't necessarily feel like running dungeons with human people that maybe I have to talk to. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch because no one talks in LFR, uh, LFD uh, these days. But, you know, sometimes I just want to I just want to go in and run this dungeon and finish this quest. I don't want to sit in a queue. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to do my quest. And then you 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 get into looking for group and, you know, they run right past your quest item and no one listens to you when you say, hey, can we stop and do this? Sometimes I just want to do my quest. And this will help with that. This solves a specific problem, but it doesn't remove the, the features that let you go out there and interact with other players if you want to. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. I played Diablo 4 either completely alone or alongside my wife, but there's still other players here in, in Yervishad and other places. I still see them out in the world when I'm like doing stuff and some people ride by or run by. I run into them when I go to kill bosses and so forth. So yeah, they're there and they we do interact. I've done stuff with other people. Uh, so yeah, well, that's a good point. I Not one I would have thought of, to be honest. Joe, you got anything? Uh, yeah, maybe slightly controversial opinion, um, but it is when you decide it is like, Hmm. so I know plenty of players that, uh, never interact with a human being whatsoever in the game, have all chat functionality disabled. Uh, they'll see them in the world, but they don't interact with them or they don't really do anything. They don't do dungeons, uh, or they probably will now with the new AI coming, um, Hmm. But that's not how they want to play the game. Like my my friend Vinny, uh, like legitimately has only ever played World of Warcraft as a single player game ever since it released. Period. Like he refuses to. Like that's not how he wants to play the game, and that's fine. Um, I often refer to Final Fantasy fourteen as the best single player game that I've played in years, um, or single player RPG. But it doesn't really remove the MMO elements, but the games make it very easy to ignore that portion of it if you so choose. Think about it, and even in terms of Dragonflight, like with the order crafting system, you don't directly interact with a human being. You go to an interface, you go to a UI panel, you put the request in, you you shove the mats in, and you get your thing back in the mail, potentially, um, if they take that commission or whatever the case is. So, like, you never have to interact with a human being. You did interact with a human being, but it does, the game doesn't tell you you did. It doesn't have to tell you that you did. If, for all you know, you interact with an NPC that had a cooldown timer that just mailed you the, the item that you wanted crafted. Um, it's entirely a choice thing, I think. And that's perfectly fine. Um, you can always play an MMO as a single-player game. Those other options, like you said, will always remain there. Like you, you, But you can basically ignore them. And I think most MMOs in the modern era have allowed players to make that choice. So I don't think there's a line to cross. I think it is legitimately both and neither at the same time. For me, my answer is uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yep. Because I mean, literally, I, I when, when I played it, played it total single. Yep, I mean, same. I, I played here. I played City of Heroes close to completely single, but I would still group up for some things. I never grouped up once in uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And I played it for like a solid two years. Isn't Knights of the Old Republic a single player game, literally? No. The MMO. He's talking about the MMO. Yeah, I'm talking about the Republic. Yeah, talking about the MMO. The Old Republic, I should say. The Old Republic. Yes. The Old Republic MMO. um, Star Wars, The Old Republic. It, it, 
the thing is, is it feels a lot like Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, up to and including the dialogue system. And the, inter- yeah, I was gonna say the interface, yep. Yeah, it looks so Bioware-y because it is Bioware-y because it's, you know, it's Bioware Texas, but it's still Bioware. Um, so, yeah, I honestly, you know, I think it took me a week to realize that there were other people around. Like, I, like those people I saw weren't NPCs. They, they were actually other players. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is an MMO. I forgot. So, but but that's just me being a little flip. I think both of you guys make good points. Um, that it is very much yeah, about the- how you pursue the game, and those elements that make it an MMO are always there, even if they are not forced on people. The only difference I would say is that the Old Republic, if you ever went into a group, you knew you were in a group because when you did the dialogue options, you, the, there's a chance that the one you selected wasn't the one that would be selected when you interacted with that NPC because <laughs> there was yeah. a. There was the the whole voting polling system, um, but yeah, it, it, to the the TLDR is they're options. They're just options. Mm. There is no line. It's just options. All right. Um, so we're going to move on to Tesemi's question here. Um, question for the queue. Uh, again, I stole from the queue here. <laughs> what what was your favorite machinima and or wow cover song slash video from the first couple of expansions era personally i'm still blown away by the craft of war blind it still holds up for me after all this time i partially picked this because i remember we had people on the list that way back when who would start to lose their minds if anyone mentioned that because it got mentioned well, so often like yeah, people, every can... week, every week, the uh, Machinima columns would get at least one email saying, have you played this craft of war blind yet? It's amazing. And they'd be like, yes, we played it already. So we've, we've run it 10 times. Please stop asking about it. Ah, right. but uh, also yeah. because I'm, I have an answer to this one. I'm going to give it when, when you guys are done talking, but, uh, so yeah, Liz, Joe, uh, either of you have one to respond have, to here. I have two. Go for it. All right. So had I had I been able to read this email earlier in advance, I would have legitimately taken my guitar off the wall and brushed up <laughs> on both of these songs because I remember how to play them. And one of them I actually played with my ska band as a cover because it was hilarious. Uh, the first one is Lament of Captain Placeholder, uh, which is mm, one of my good. favorite, favorite, favorite things ever uh it was done by cranius who used to do amazing wow songs um but i just love the way that it was was crafted i love the way that the song was i actually do remember how to play that on on my acoustic like that's a thing the other one is also from cranium or cranius which is big blue dress and that's the one that we covered as a ska band uh because it was just I remember that video. I remember the rift coming in. I remember the, the, like the rock tones and, and it just hitting so hard and just watching this dude singing about playing his mage, his dude in his big blue dress, just blowing people up, uh, in, in Arathi basin. Like I absolutely just love those two songs. Uh, those are what, when people think of like machinima or cover songs or videos, those are the two that come into my brain. Like they live rent free. They will live rent free until the day I die. <laughs> Is you got anything? Uh, you know, the machinima that always comes to my head is uh, illegal Danish. That some of the <laughs> bits and pieces of this leave, live rent free in my brain forever. I when even was this? It feels like machinima has fallen out of favor. You don't yeah, see machinima these days, and it used to be you saw all of these wild creative things. 
And we do see a little. We have saw some great uh, machinima at BlizzCon this year. A few, but it's just, it's not as big as it used to be. And that's, that's I think a little that's sad. Partially, it's because machinima.com died and YouTube came mm. about. People forget that YouTube actually came about after World of Warcraft launched. Mm. So with that switchover, a lot of stuff just became less. There wasn't a, play, a place to go for it anymore. Uh, it's my opinion anyway, but go ahead, Liz. I, I mean, that's that's kind of all I got. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad. The machinima era has really, really died off because I don't know why we don't get as much as that anymore. You make a really good point, Matt. But it seems like, well, we got we do have YouTube. You could be we could be doing this. But uh, I don't know. I kind of that's one of the things Since. we were talking about. We were talking about WoW Classic earlier and I was talking about. Uh, you know, going back to that feeling, the feeling of original and how you can't go back. This is part of that feeling, kind of this uh, this world where everyone was creating these just weird videos and songs and posting them online. You buy cat? Entire- 75 on this <laughs> cat. <laughs> cat the entire sale. community. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the entire community got in on it and it, it just doesn't. I, we've lost that somehow, and I don't. I don't know where it went. I don't know how to get it back. But it's, it's a little sad. Okay. Um, for me, there's two, and both of them are kind of they're they're sort of crossing. They, they're they're a little bit of each. Um, one of them is. I, do you guys remember Gnome Chewer? Yeah. Uh, Gnome Chewer did um, before Cataclysm. He did my favorite Gilneas themed thing ever. Uh, called Wolf, he took the song from TV by the radio called Wolf Like Me, and he made this whole complex narrative to it. And I still remember it, like you know, has had my family town, and just this the twang of the song and the the scenes that were like in like black and white, and and they were like a silent movie about yes. the uh, Gilneans rising up and killing Forsaken mm. who have invaded their country and so forth. It's just, it's, it's something I still remember. And I think it's exactly what I think of when you, when Liz is talking about stuff that we don't get anymore. Can we, um, can we exactly also talk about the, the 2010 rise to power winner? Welcome to the dead mines. Because I totally like, I forgot that that existed for a couple seconds. And now like, I'm sad that I forgot. And also the thing was what? 2010. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm old. I'm crumbling to the dust, but, but yeah, there's that one. The other one, which is how I discovered Jonathan Colton in the first place. Uh, oh, God. Is Why? Welcome to my secret lair on Skullcrusher Mountain. And the best part was that he took the, the, the mission. Of, I don't know who made this. Like, I don't remember who made it. But he took the song and he took places like, um, I want to say it was like Black Rock Spire was the, the, the Skullcrusher Mountain in his version. He just used it so well to, to create kind of a story to go along with the song that works with the song, but also has elements that are just pure. Wow. Uh, you know, it's like, you like monkeys, you like ponies. Maybe you don't like monsters so much. Maybe I use too many <laughs> monkeys. And it's just like, you know, isn't it enough to know that I ruined a pony? And there's this gnome sitting there just like his head in his hands going, I ruined a pony for you. And it's just like, I, I, I cannot forget it. I, I cannot get it out of my head. It's been years. I can still pretty much the only reason I can sing so much of that song is because of this video. Um, and it's still one of my favorites of, of a lot of Jonathan Colton stuff 
became Wow Machinima. He he came yeah. up at that time when Wow Machinima was a big thing, and they kind of like had a cross pollinization effect where like there was first of May mm-hmm. it was a Wow Machinima, and when we couldn't play, uh, you know, oh, you you say couldn't play, but every well, year, every year, uh, yes, every year we had. Uh, mm-hmm. well, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We weren't supposed to be playing it. Let's put it that <laughs> way. I mean, let, let's let's also like. I mean, uh, in chat, they're bringing this up, but this is also another thing. Machinima made, and and I will stand on this hill and scream this. Helped propel Avenue Q to a whole new audience. Like, there's a group of people that would never have known that 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 musical existed had it not been for Machinima. Period. Yeah, that's that's accurate. That's accurate for a lot of things. Um, so yeah, it it is fascinating to think about all the ones that are gone. Honestly, I'll I'll be upfront. I didn't see Illegal Danish until like three years after it came out. <laughs> uh, just wasn't when I saw. But when I did see it, I'm like, oh, I understand now. Just just the guy who's running around with the Treant's Bane axe, and the fact that I knew it was a Treant's Bane axe is you know my own problem. Mm-hmm. But just just the whole deal of it. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is peak wow machine. I understand now why people were obsessed with it at the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it is it is what it is. For for that matter, I'll say this. The reason that the craft of war blind holds up in, in Tetsemi's words is because it was actually really well done. Mm-hmm. We didn't hate it. We just had played it already. It was oh, like yeah. people would ask us every week, and it was like we we can't we've it's been on the site like six times, guys. Um, we can't just keep featuring it. There are other machinima to show you. And so, you know, but it wasn't that we hated it. It was, it's a really good machinima and the music works really well for the story being told. Um, and that's something that you get, like Joe mentioned Cranius earlier. Um, I, I, I remember like him and I think we may, might've been him and silver Latomi were the ones that I really thought of when I thought of long form narrative song storytelling, uh, with wow machinima. And man, so many people did this. Yeah, now we all feel really old. So yay! Mm-hmm. Um, That's how it goes. Next one is I don't know. Yeah, we got time. We got at least five minutes. This one's from Mike. Um, hello, all. I was just wondering at the Tar Store Quest line. I think he meant Tier here because he mentions Tier later. Mm-hmm. Um, if they could make just make a new Tier, what is to stop other entities, uh, Denathrius, to make a new bodies for themselves to exist in our reality? Considering that all these areas of cosmology had been ordered by the Titans, it is all the same programming language, or am I missing something that makes Tier unique? Thanks, Mike. Uh, Mike did not say what podcast he wanted this in, so I grabbed it. Uh, quite frankly, I think he probably meant Lorewatch, but he didn't say, so, you know, loophole. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Regardless, though, I do think there's a mistake in his <laughs> assumption here, and I think Joe is probably going to say it if I don't, so I'll see if he am on. Go ahead. I've talked okay. a lot. Basically, uh, the, 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 com- the Titans did not order all these areas. Correct. <laughs> they ordered only one of the areas, the, the, the one we're currently standing and, in. And they didn't even order the cosmos. They only, they're ordering planets, that, which is yeah, a individually. Com- which. Yeah. It sounds sounds like we're nitpicking, but it is a, a order of magnitude smaller. It's essentially like what we do with cities is what the Titans are doing to the universe. We build cities. Titans build planets. Except they don't even build them. They just come along. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Repurpose, repurpose, re- remold. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so that's the first thing that would be stopping them. It, the Titans, Titans make specific things in specific ways. Secondly, I don't know if there's anything actually stopping Denathrius from doing what you've said. I just, I also don't know that he wants to. 
Yeah. So we know that that's uh, look at the dreadlords. Like they, they are of the shadowlands. They're the firstborn of Denathrius. They can go wherever the heck they want. I think they he like if Denathrius really, really, truly wanted to, he probably could or reposition himself unless like what happened with Zolval, uh, there's limiters in place that like keep them from doing so. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to turn this into a lore watch episode or anything like that, but one of the things that we know about the Pantheon of Death is that they are intrinsically tied to the realms in which they oversee. Um, the realm existed, like we, the Winter Queen, when you talk with her, she lays it all out, and it's much the same for all of them. Um, when she woke up, when she, her earliest memory of, of being an eternal being, Ardenwell just existed, and she feels it. She's part of it. She gives part of herself back to it it's how she restores uh ysera she actually takes part of her own essence and and stabilizes her so she like she doesn't die or, or disappear for all eternity um ysera for all that with the emerald dream stuff was able to come back here yes we had there, there was an exchange program going on uh and malfurion is due back at some point but she's able to come back to the prime material plane and interact with all of us on Azeroth. So if she can, and we know that the Dreadlords can, there's the possibility the other ones can. Uh, they just, unless there's something actually limiting them or tying them to where they, they can't leave their realms or their realms will cease to exist, potentially. Who knows? Because even when we, we take out Denathrius, um, and also this is kind of an interesting thing, we don't know where he is right now, um, but we trap him in his sword, and his sword goes back to the realm where he's from. So we don't really take him out of there. So we don't know what happens, but now he's gone. And I'm air quoting this because he's probably still on the premises somewhere. If he leaves or if he's taken somewhere else in that sword or if he's plunged into another reality, does Revendreth cease to exist? No, no. For that matter, maybe it's if he tried to leave Revendreth, he might literally pull a Zoval at the end of the raid. Yeah. uh, Where he turns into a a husk and the Zoval essence is just gone. We don't know how they're linked. There's a lot we don't know. Yeah. And the, the, the programming language, we've talked about this a lot on lore watch too, um, which is probably where some of this is coming from. We don't know what the first ones did in every single pocket of reality. We have like an idea that they shaped it or at least mushed them together uh, so that they touch, but we don't know if Titan programming is exactly the same as uh, Pantheon of death programming is the same as wild God programming is the same as old God programming. We don't, we have no idea. Yep. That's pretty much it. Unless Liz, do you have anything you want to throw in here? Mm, nope. I, I leave the lore to the experts. Uh, unfortunately, yet again, um, raise a bug. We kind of ran out of time just before we got to your question. No, let's, in, let's, in our defense, let's, let's question answer these questions. Oh yeah. never mind. It's a huge one. I was going to say yeah. the question is huge, <laughs> dude. I don't want to keep. Uh, I don't want to keep uh, skipping razors. Uh, razors no, questions. I don't either. I, I wanted to get to it, but uh, it's a really big question. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sorry, Razor. Uh, Joe will even call you Razorbug. That's how. That's how sorry. He I is. did. I called him Razorbug. I didn't call him Razorberg. Yeah. yeah. See. So yeah. Um, I think it is time actually to wrap things up. So uh, Joe, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash/BlizzardWatch. Your continued support means that this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. 
Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Better considering your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience. Liz, would you like to add anything about what's going on with the site recently? I was going to actually uh, do that. So cool. <laughs> uh, well, the site has been struggling recently and uh, we have been putting a call out to all of our fans to support us on Patreon. Uh, your support is genuinely what lets us keep going. We are shooting for a $5,000 goal on Patreon this month. And um, we're close. Yeah, we really are. I was, I was, I had no idea. I put this goal out there because, you know, when we, when I was writing the post, I'm like, should I put a goal at all? Because I was worried if I did something too high, maybe if we're never going to get there, is it just going to be really discouraging and no one's going to donate because it's like such a high number? Uh, But we we have really bumped it up a lot. We're at forty six hundred forty six seventy five, and uh, that's that's really really good. We've also got a new ad provider on the site, which you will see ads starting to show up, which are hopefully a little like tiny bit more relevant. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of gaming ads on the site, which is much better than the random junk we were getting before. And uh, we don't really know how that's going to shake out. It's hard to tell what advertising revenue is going to be until, you know, after, after the holidays the site for a while. Yeah. Um, and we have been, I think we're getting closer to putting some ads on the podcast. We are uh, moving to a new platform. It should be totally seamless for all of y'all who subscribe to the podcast. Uh, but we are going to have some small ads to try and help support this podcast. Yeah, we have been working on kind of boosting our revenue beyond Patreon so that we can, you know, help the site keep going and growing. Starting in December, because we have so much of your support and you have been so generous to help us go starting in December, we are increasing our post budget a bit. And so you should see more posts on the site than you've been seeing in this last half of November because uh, we're we're pretty, we really cut back. Uh but hopefully you should start seeing more sites, uh, more posts, and uh, we're more we're sites. Push. That's new. Yeah, more sites. That'd be. Whew, I don't. I don't know about that. But uh, we're we're trying to head back to normal. We're we're not quite there yet, and we don't want to, you know, just jump up because uh, we we want to see where advertising stabilizes at. Uh, we know that the first few months of the year. Yeah, January, February are usually low months for ad revenue in general. So we don't want to overcommit, but we are with all of this patch transport, we're confident that we can do a little more than we're doing this month. And uh I I've I've got a lot of hope. I didn't have a lot of hope when I first wrote that post calling out for help, but I, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Things are looking a lot better, but we could still use your support. Uh I mentioned ads on the podcast earlier you can get ad free versions of the podcast if you subscribe on patreon for three dollars a month uh you get early podcasts ad free yeah that's probably how it's gonna work and it will yeah because you're gonna get them through patreon yeah just thank you everyone for your support whether it's financial on patreon whether you're just reading the site whether you are just listening to this podcast please uh if you can uh, give give the podcast a, a like, give it a review because that sort of stuff really helps. Even if you can't support us financially, share our content, tell a friend. That really genuinely helps. And uh, thanks. We appreciate you. Yep. Thank you guys very much. Uh, thank you for all the Patreon support. And thank you for anybody who will be supporting us in the future. 
when this podcast is released, uh, Joe, you, you're going to have names of people and stuff, right? Yeah, I have a new list of names to add. So uh, you get to hear my dulcet tones. Read off your names with some smooth jazz again. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys again for being here, for sharing our content, for helping us on Patreon, and for just in general being the reason we do this thing. Uh, yeah. Without you guys, it's just us sitting in a like various rooms being miserable alone instead of, you know, coming here and doing a podcast and being kind of unhinged together. And I think that's an improvement, quite frankly. Uh, so yeah, thank you all. Thank you to Liz and Joe for being here and doing the podcast with me. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. A hearty blizzard watch. Welcome to all of our brand new Patreon supporters. Apologies for any name mispronunciation. Jonathan Warner The Core 404 I'd make a joke about you not being found, but, well, there you are. Christian Sumers Ailey Green Gustavo Noronha Silva Daniel Hall Jeff Stoyanov Stefan Meyer Ondakan Achille Benmusa John Blackwell, Chris Bergman, Luke, Dagonet Gaming, Digital Shrug, Rick Justice. All right, I'm going to go ahead and steal that as the name of my police procedurals set in the 1990s and I'm about to write. Ieni, Keith Dunlop, Jeff Medell, Michael Vig Bloom Rainer Nick Eric Bocas Alexander Carr Michael Stutz and Ben Thank you very much for your support. We truly appreciate it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.